Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. So, uh, so roads are, are racist now. <laughs> roads, you know, a- asphalt. <laughs> roads. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> we haven't even started the show. I can't take this stupid oh. anymore. Not a joke, as Biden would say. Not, it's not hyperbole. <laughs> um, that was an actual question yesterday. We'll get to that. And uh, the hapless transportation secretary, who just returned to work, apparently, uh, Pete Buttigieg. Yeah, he was more than happy to entertain the idea that, yes, roads are, are, now, uh, are now instruments of uh, racism, too. Roads are racist. Racist asphalt. We've got that. Uh, remember all the talk about Trump being a tyrant? Trump and our descent into tyranny that never happened? Gave people back more of his money, worked for school choice, like big individual liberty and smaller government? Yeah, you know, it's, the left always accuses you of what they're doing. We're descending into tyranny right in front of your eyes, and the same people who accuse Trump of being a tyrant are strangely silent. Welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Let's get right to it. With cyber attacks on the rise, protecting your data security is more important than ever. So why is Congress considering a law that puts your data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill shifts billions in consumer spending to less secure payment networks, all so that corporate megastores can make bigger profits. Don't let Durbin Marshall steal your data. Visit handsoffmyrewards.com security and tell your senators to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Paid for by Electronic Payments Coalition. All right, Joe, let's go. To racism. They already heard you. Yeah, <laughs> they already heard you, Leslie. They already know you're there. But uh, yeah, so roads are racist. Oh. We'll get to that in a second. Before we just jump into the content, just quickly, I'm going to get to the Rittenhouse trial tomorrow because I want to give it its due. But the Kyle Rittenhouse trial, the kid in Kenosha who now clearly was defending himself against an attack and wound up uh, shooting someone with the AR with his AR-15. Um, the case has just descended now for the prosecution into total madness as, uh, as, as, as everyone just loses their mind there and admits that Rittenhouse was defending themselves on the stand. But it's interesting because the left has now changed its story to, hey, why was Kyle Rittenhouse in Kenosha to begin with? But as Dinesh D'Souza points out, well, what the hell were the people burning Kenosha down? The, the so-called protesters. What were they doing in Kenosha burning down places they didn't they, they didn't belong in either? They didn't belong there burning the place down. They're like, Kyle, uh, Kyle Wittenhouse doesn't belong there. But they don't address the other part of it. You notice how they constantly change the story. I'm going to get to that tomorrow in depth. But today, I got because there's a ton of stuff to get to today, and the trial's ongoing. Remember all the talk, Trump's a tyrant, Trump's a tyrant. Ladies and gentlemen, if you still have remaining doubts that the left accuses you of what they're doing themselves, let me disabuse you of that notion right away. The left are the real tyrants. They are just refocusing the media onto other people to pretend you don't see what they're doing themselves. The descent into tyranny and madness is now, uh, sadly, in fast-forward mode. So the vaccine mandate, the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals, put a halt, a stay, on Joe Biden's unconstitutional, immoral, unethical, anti-scientific vaccine mandate. The Fifth Circuit said, stop, stop, There are grave constitutional concerns here. Got it? Grave is their word, not mine. Here's an article by CNBC. I thought Trump was the tyrant, folks. White House tells businesses to proceed with vaccine mandate despite court-ordered pause. You notice how the left always accuses you, the right, of what they're doing? Here's another one. Here's this clown, Malcolm Nance. I, uh, I, I unfortunately wound up in a bus with this guy headed back from Politicom where he embarrassed himself in front of my wife and told me and my wife that he has spoken to every black voter in the United States. And when we doubled down and laughed at him, he insisted it was true. Uh, he's been accused of stolen valor as well. But Malcolm Nance tweeted out when I had mentioned to people that it's time for civil disobedience on a mass scale because these animals are coming after you and trying to bankrupt you and hurt your kids. And they want you to do things antithetical to medical advice. This is grotesque behavior. Malcolm Nance said, now this is sedition. But it's funny. You don't hear anything from Malcolm Nance and others who accuse Trump and people like me of being a tyrant. When Biden says 
throw the Constitution out the window. The courts have spoken, and we're not going to listen to the courts. We're going to move ahead with the vaccine mandates instead. So I'm going to suggest something here. If Biden wants to ignore the Constitution, if he wants to ignore the law, he wants to ignore process, he wants to ignore science, morality, and ethics, then you should ignore him. I am now going to quadruple down on my ask that you engage here in mass civil disobedience against this clearly unconstitutional, immoral, unethical vaccine mandate that could, in some cases, depending on your medical condition and your discussions with your doctor, could in some cases actually harm people. This is the perfect. Yes, for those of you who miss Braveheart, this is not the time to turn and run. This is the time to double down. Stop, man. Do not flee. Please, please. This is time to double down. The country has a storied, celebrated history of civil disobedience against unconstitutional, immoral, unethical laws. It is the left that is violating process and procedure. It is not you. If the left is going to engage in unconstitutional, clearly unconstitutional behavior, like you're seeing reported right now, you have no obligation to comply whatsoever. The Constitution is our governing document, not the words of the rotting bag of bones in the White House, the Pino, president and name only. But remember, folks, Trump's the tyrant, right? Here's a protest yesterday in Los Angeles. Do you notice these protests are picking up in New York and Los Angeles? Bastions of far leftism. You think the left would catch on and say, you know, Houston, we've got a problem here. We've got these core areas of liberal support in New York City and Los Angeles. And these seems to be these appear to be the population centers where the uh, the protests are erupting the most. But no, tyrants never want to recognize a problem. They just want to crush it. Here's a protest in L.A. County yesterday over these immoral, unethical, unscientific vaccine mandates. Check this out. We are over Grand Park in downtown Los Angeles, right across from City Hall. And we see a large group gathering and more people coming here, anti-vax protesters. There's a rally against mandatory vaccinations, uh, law enforcement, uh, firefighters. We've seen a lot of signs, uh, no forced vaccinations, stop the mandate. Of course, one of the things they're concerned about is December 18th of this year is a deadline for those vaccinations for city employees. Yeah, I caught that too. Guy says, notice how they frame it. You hear it, Joe? We see a crowd of anti-vaxxers. There's no that, that, that's just simply made up. That's a nonsense media narrative. Again, media the media are hacks. So, you know, nobody listens to these buffoons anyway. They're not anti-vaxxers. They're anti-mandate. Those are two completely different things. You can support the idea that vaccination in many cases may be necessary while simultaneously supporting the case that it's an individual decision that shouldn't be mandated by a government that has no power to do it. The media, they get it. You know, I know the media get, they're just liars. The media, the guys, the guy saying that knows what he's doing. He knows exactly what he's doing. He's framing it a certain way to make you all seem like the lunatics because he's part of the tyranny. That's what they are. The anti-vaxxers. You've interviewed them all? Like Malcolm Nance said, he interviewed, uh, he's, met, he's met every black voter in the United. You've interviewed everybody down there? They all told you, I am anti-vaccine. I guarantee you almost nobody told you that. You didn't interview anyone and you just made it up. Now, folks, the dissent did the tyranny. Trump is a tyrant. Remember that? So Biden right now has just basically said, hey, I'm going to enact an unconstitutional vaccine mandate. The courts have told me not to, and I'm going to do it anyway. But remember, Trump's the tyrant. Folks, process is all we have. A constitutional republic and the essence of it is fidelity to process. If you don't have fidelity to process, here are how things work legally. You have a contract. We enforce the contract through the courts. If the contract uh, is, is shown to be violated, the court has a remedy for the person who was violated, whose legal rights were violated. We have a civil and criminal procedure. If we don't follow the process, we have nothing. We have nothing. This is a third world republic. It's, an, it, it, it's a tyrannical right now monarchy with Joe Biden just inventing the laws he moves along. Please explain to me how I'm wrong. Showing you again how this descent into tyranny is continuing. This is this show is going to be the Paul Revere throughout the next few years of this disastrous pseudo monarchy we have with the Pino in there. Did you hear what happened to James O'Keefe in Project Veritas? A lot of people missed the angle on this story. 
Joe Biden's ignoring the courts. He's disregarding process. And this reminds me of what Michael Anton calls the smells exhortation. You'll get nothing and you like it. Whenever conservative media outlets are about to break a story, they find themselves under attack by this administration who is supposed to be adhering to the Constitution and protecting freedoms of the press. We've seen it again. James O'Keefe runs an excellent organization, Project Veritas. Project Veritas, if you missed this story the other day, some source apparently gave them a diary or pieces of it or screenshots of it. We don't know the full story from Ashley Biden, Joe Biden's daughter. The diary, the alleged diary, we're not sure. He hasn't been absolutely confirmed at this point, but the diary has some very, very disgusting things in there about the Biden family, which wouldn't surprise me at all. So what happens? James O'Keefe, instead of having his constitutional, literal First Amendment freedom of the press protections there protected, James O'Keefe, like most other conservative journalists who find themselves exposing stories, finds themselves under investigation by the Joe Biden tyrannical pseudo-monarchy right now and the rotting bag of bones in the White House. Listen to James O'Keefe explaining on Sean Hannity's show last night what happened to him. Check this out. They spent uh, about over two hours in my uh, my apartment and they confiscated two of my iPhones. And again, these phones contained a lot of source information and reporter notes on them. Uh, these are serious First Amendment issues uh, and, and, and donor information to our news foundation. So, yeah, it's, it's troubling. Um, and uh, I, I, I asked to speak with my attorney a, a few times. They, they allowed me to do that. But uh, I, I was kind of in a state of, of shock. Frankly, I, I, I can't believe this is happening. Folks, listen, I, as a person who worked as a federal agent, GS 1811 myself for over a decade, it pains me to see brothers and sisters in a brother and sister law enforcement agency in the FBI descend into total madness and become tools of the Democrat Party. I never thought I'd say that. Never. But the FBI right now clearly, clearly has a culture problem. And the next candidate who wins the Republican nomination, if they do not pledge to a house cleaning of federal law enforcement at the top, they should not ever get our support. Any candidate who runs for that matter, I should correct that, for the Republican nomination for president or for anywhere. It is time for a house cleaning at the FBI like we haven't seen. It is clear from what we know up to this point that this looks like another hatchet job. Now, folks, this is a culture issue at the FBI. Can let me just explain briefly? Give me a moment here, please. When I first joined the Secret Service back in 1999, we went through training. And I remember specifically in training that we were taught that there were these things called protest zones where you would set up a zone at a site where the president went to, whoever the president was, Clinton at the time when I started, and that that was the area people were allowed to protest in. What's the problem, folks? That was clearly unconstitutional, but it had been taught over and over and over again until someone sued. And the court said, wait, you guys are teaching that there are protest zones? That is totally unconstitutional. And then the culture changed when they got sued. And then they started teaching there will be no protest zones. It was a culture problem. Some guy, this is how this happens in federal law enforcement. And the FBI gets captured by big government pseudo monarchs like Joe Biden, right? This is how it happens. Some guy guarantee you 40, 50 years ago in the Secret Service at a site came up with an idea. Hey, we got a lot of protesters. I got it. I'm telling you this is how it happened. Okay, just put them in a zone over there. And then another guy saw it and said, oh, that's a good idea. And then another guy said, that's a good idea. And then it makes its way into the culture and the training. And you think it's constitutional when it's not. Someone sued and said, that doesn't sound constitutional. You can't tell protesters to stay here and the general public stay there. And it got tossed and the Secret Service never taught it again. This is what's going on in the FBI now. There is a culture in their training, in their, in their, in the, in imbued in the agents now that they are somehow the law enforcement arm of the Democrat Party that is not going to change until there is a lawsuit hoisted upon them or there's mass change at the top. None of it's going to change.
This is a culture issue. It has to change. But here's the angle of the story on O'Keefe that a lot of people seem to have missed. Showing you again how the Biden administration cannot be trusted with anything. They are liars. They have always been liars. Listen, every politician lies, okay? Republican, Democrat, I get that. I am not absolving the Republican Party, any president of the Republican uh, stripe from a, a lot of people lie. My issue with the Biden administration is they lie about everything and blatantly, and they are never, ever called out, ever. Here's the angle I'm talking about. Remember this story by the AP, Eric Tucker, from June of 2021, obviously earlier this year. Remember Aragino, Attorney General, and name only says they'll no longer seize reporter records? The Justice Department, this is in June said Saturday will no longer secretly obtain reporters' records during leak investigations, a policy shift that abandons a practice decried by news organizations and free and press freedom groups. The reversal follows a pledge last month by President Joe Biden, who said it was simply, simply wrong to seize journalists' records, and he would not permit the Justice Department to continue the practice. Remember, remember Joe, you remember that one? Yeah, I certainly do. Yes, is, is, I do. I know, I know, because we covered yep. it on the show, and it's kind of weird how O'Keefe's a journalist, but he's a conservative. And Biden said it was simply, simply wrong. That's a quote, direct quote, to seize journalists' records, but not when those journalists involve the seizing of records, uh, seizing of records of the journalists that may involve Joe Biden's family, like Ashley Biden. Kind of, mm, kind of really weird, weird, right? Really weird, right, buddy? Really, really weird. Where's the media on that? Where's the media on that? Oh, is it because it's James O'Keefe, a conservative? Is that, is that why? Because I remember specifically uh, the Biden-Obama administration, Obama-Biden administration, doesn't really matter. They were both goofballs. I remember that AP spoke out when it was their records that got seized. Justice Department secretly obtains AP phone records. Look at the date, May of 2013. Who was the president? Barack Obama. Remember when they seized a bunch of phone records from the left-leaning Associated Press and everybody lost their minds, took our phone records. All the left-wing media was like, you can't do that. Now all of a sudden it's O'Keefe, everybody's quiet, even though Biden said it was, quote, simply, simply wrong. Yeah, real head-scratcher, isn't it? Strange. Strange how that happens, isn't it? The Obama-Biden cabal has a history of attacking freedom of the press and freedoms of the press. When are you media people going to wake up? You are useful idiots in an operation to evaporate the Constitution like a, an Alka-Seltzer tablet in water. You are part of it. When are you going to wake up? You're next. You think Biden cares about you? He was vice president when the administration went after AP, a left-leaning outlet. You're next. Wait, let's do the creepy Biden. You're, you're next. The Reverend Kane. You're next. Don't say we didn't warn you. Mark the date, Joe. Tuesday, November 9th. Wait till a liberal outlet decides all of a sudden uh, they've got a breaking news story. They may Blind squirrels get a nut one at a time. We want a report that reflects poorly on Biden. Wait till you're under attack next. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Be, the, yeah, be brushing, brushing disinformation. All right, uh, let me get to my second sponsor. Coming up next. So what does the media do when they need to distract you from our ongoing descent into tyranny, the FBI raid, ignoring of the court order on vaccine mandates? They need to go to their old go-to, which is, you're a racist. Of course, that happened yesterday where Rhodes somehow managed to become racist now. I find that stunning. Um, there's new lows for the media every day. April Ryan is not a serious person, but uh, we do have to you know, put the, uh, put the question up there. Rhodes, racist? How are you going to deconstruct the racist Rhodes? If you're looking for a firearm that's easy to transport, you got to check out the U.S. Survival Rifle from Henry Repeating Arms. It's a portable rifle you can put together and take apart in a few minutes. And then when you're not using it, you can store the parts in the little case it comes in. It's so small, it can be stored anywhere, in a go bag, anywhere. It's light enough to carry everywhere. Comes in black and two different camo patterns. You can pick one up for three to $400, depending on the finish. You can watch a few videos at henryusa.com survival. And while you're there, be sure to order their free catalog. Henry makes more than 200 rifles, shotguns, and revolvers in the role made in America, backed by a lifetime satisfaction guarantee and the best customer service in the business. Go to their website. 
It's henryusa.com and be sure to order a free catalog. They'll send it with free decals on a list of dealers in your area. That's henryusa.com for a free catalog and decals and to see the Henry U.S. Survival Rifle. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Okay. So the media, many in the media, understand the descent into tyranny under the Biden administration, not the Trump administration, which they were using as a look squirrel moment, um, is, is growing and fat, being fast forwarded at a very rapid rate. They got the little lightning feature on the fast forward button on your DVR right now. So what do they do? They have to get the public distracted again. And what is their go-to every single time? We discussed this at length yesterday. You gotta mention racism. So we're spending a lot of money we don't have in this porculus bill disguised as an infrastructure bill. So as if on cue, a, a hilarious reporter for all the wrong reasons, April Ryan, who's become a laughing stock in the White House and everywhere else. April Ryan gets up in the Brady press room and decides to ask our transportation secretary, Pete Buttigieg, um, a question about how to deconstruct. Um, <laughs> this is a serious question, folks. We'll put the question first and the answer next. How to deconstruct racist roads. This actually happened. Check this out. You give us the construct of how you will deconstruct the racism that was built into the roadways that you talked to the Grio earlier when you broke that information with us. Can you talk to us about how that could be deconstructed? <laughs> Now, she's a joke, but that's not a joke. That actually happened. There was no punchline at the end. That was an actual question. How do we deconstruct racist roads? So Buttigieg, he knows exactly what to do here. Of course, like that's the cue. Like, hey, let's talk about racism because we need to distract people from the ongoing tyranny and the lies by the Biden administration. So as I've always said about Buttigieg, there isn't a human being who defines themselves as a liberal who says less by saying more than Pete Buttigieg. The guys... Gee, can we do me a favor? Can you put together a stinger uh, bull with the little thing BS time with Pete Buttigieg? You know, put bull with the with the you know with the number sign. Can you put that? Can you do that for me? BS time. Just spell it out. Bull. You know, censor. But with Pete Buttigieg. BS with Buttigieg. We need because this guy. I'm not. I'm not joking. Like I'm not. I'm not trying to be. I admire the guy's ability to just talk and give these long-winded answers and never say a damn thing. The catch with Buttigieg is read the transcript. Don't get into the act and you'll find out the man never says anything. So I had to cut out the initial portion of his answer. Joe saw it, right? Because Joe, what is it? A minute and 40 seconds of the superfluous, nonsensical flux capacitation of the incapacitation of the road ratiation. You're like, what the hell is he talking about? He finally gets to the answer about racist roads at the end. And here's the funny thing. Notice how he says it's a fact. This fairy tale he tells, if you live in New York, you've heard this story a million times. It's a debunked hoax conspiracy theory. Watch Buttigieg tell April Ryan, yes, roads are racist. The roads were built in New York to keep Puerto Rican beachgoers off Long Island. What an idiot. This, if you live in New York, this is the oldest hoax in the book, and Buttigieg is too stupid to know it. Check this out. As to where we target those, those dollars, you know, I, I'm still surprised that some people were surprised when I pointed to the fact that uh, if a highway was built for the purpose of di dividing a white and a black neighborhood, or if an underpass was constructed such that a bus carrying mostly black and Puerto Rican kids uh, to a beach, or that would have been, uh, in New York was, was designed uh, too low for it to pass by, that that obviously reflects racism that went into those design choices. Um, I don't think we have anything to lose by confronting that simple reality. And I think we have everything to gain by acknowledging it and then dealing with it, which is why the reconnecting communities, that billion dollars, is something we want to get to work right away uh, uh, putting to work. No, no, that's, yeah, oh, come on. Yes, thank you. you seriously, this is, thank you. You, you. I was waiting for that. It's been a while. Thank you for turning up. That was at least, that was at least, is that a triple? Yeah. I, they blended it all in. 
Thank you. We haven't had a triple Muttley in a long time. Folks, if you are a New Yorker who went to school with a sane teacher, you've had this story debunked a million times. Let me tell you what Buttigieg is talking about. Because Buttigieg, he knows he's lying. He's not dumb. In New York, Long Island is the island that runs west to east. It, it is at the end of it is Brooklyn and Queens. And then if you cross over, you get into Manhattan and then you can go up into the Bronx. OK, it's a very long island. That's why it's called Long Island. It goes from uh, Brooklyn, Queens, Nassau and Suffolk County. There are two parkways there. You know, the number of parkways, but two specifically. These are the ones he's are talking. These are the one the, the parkways uh, Buttigieg is talking about. One's called the Northern State. One, one's called the Southern State Parkway. On those parkways, there are bridges. There are overpasses. They are very low. They are very low, those overpasses. So this conspiracy theory emerged when, when the race hustlers in the 70s and 80s wanted to use race, as they always do, to discredit people, that the designers of the highway did that, built the low overpasses so that buses couldn't make their way from Manhattan east out to the beaches in Long Island. Oh, my gosh. I can't believe I've got to tell people this story. <sighs> Number one, those highways were not designed to keep black and Puerto Ricans off the beach. They were modeled after, high, after parkways, excuse me, up north like the sawmill and the hutch where they had these stone overpasses that made the parkway look like you were driving through the park. It was meant to be scenic. <laughs> That's all on the record. Conveniently, the hutch and the sawmill and those other parkways also had very low overpasses meant to look scenic like you were driving through a park, the parkway. Hence the parkway. Yeah. It gets, it, it get, oh, it gets better. I'm not, again, every, every New Yorker with an IQ in the triple digits knows this is a hoax, except Pete Buttigieg. Those parkways, it's not just buses that don't drive on the parkways. There is no commercial traffic allowed on those parkways. As a matter of fact, on the entrance ramps, I've only driven the northern and southern parkway my entire adult life when I lived in New York on Long Island. There's a big sign that says no commercial traffic. It doesn't say no Hispanic and black kids on buses. It was meant to keep commercial traffic trucks off of the parkways and move them over later on to uh, to either the local streets where they could deliver or the Long Island Expressway. There's no commercial traffic on the parkway. You may say, well, that doesn't prove they, were, they weren't trying to stop buses from going to the beaches. Really? Do you know how many pictures there are in the early days of Jones Beach on Long Island of bus drop-off zones at the beach with actual buses dropping people off. <laughs> you people are so stupid. You're so, I, I'm, you, here's one final thing. If you want to read a good piece, I, I, uh, I'll put it in the show notes today. Here's Seth Barron, who understands the history of New York well at the Manhattan Institute. Robert Moses, he designed that. And Robert Moses, there's some evidence he, he did some racist stuff. The, high, the Parkway story, though, is a conspiracy theory. It's made up. Robert Moses' race and reality. Barron says, but did Robert Moses restrict buses filled with poor blacks and Puerto Ricans he despised? In the words of Cornell University urbanist Thomas Campanella, in order to keep Jones Beach lily white? Nope. Remember, for most of the 20th century, the city was overwhelmingly white. Jones Beach State Park was built in the 20s when African-Americans were only 3% of the city's population. As late as 1945, there were only 13,000 Puerto Ricans in New York City. Folks, the story is a conspiracy theory. Buttigieg is a moron. He either knows it and is lying or doesn't know it because he was too stupid to look it up. And April Ryan, I expect nothing of. Of course, she's going to promote this ridiculous conspiracy theory. All right, moving on. Buttigieg makes another appearance in this gem coming up next about inflation. Don't worry, folks. The left has now changed the story from inflation isn't happening to don't worry, inflation's happening, but it's mild, to okay, inflation's severe, but it's transitory, to don't worry, now it's transitory, but it's not only not transitory, but now it's a really good thing. 
And people keep falling for the April Ryan media stunts every single time. I'll get to that in a second. Let me get to my next sponsor. I, I hope you found that last story interesting. Maybe if you're not from New York, you know, Key, what did you think of it, honestly? Yeah, if you're from New York, you've heard it a thousand times. So I'm, yeah, that's right. Everything's racist. I'm just, I'm sorry if you're from New York and you had it. You're probably laughing like, oh, he's, he's, he's promoting the low overpass Puerto Rican story again. <laughs> yes, they're doing it. New Yorkers are laughing at this city. <laughs> trust me. So I hope the rest of the nation finds Buttigieg equally as dumb as uh, New Yorkers did, mocking him for promoting a debunked conspiracy theory. So Buttigieg makes another appearance in this gem right here. Here is a supercut hat tip Tom Elliott at Grabian. This is the uh, evolution of the narrative. You'll see how it goes from, oh, don't worry about inflation to it's transitory. And then we'll get into the new narrative by MSNBC. Don't worry. Inflation is actually a really great thing. Folks, let me just tell you something, right? I'm going to play some Milton Friedman videos in a second, too. Inflation is everywhere to cite Friedman, a monetary phenomenon. It is not hard to understand inflation, okay? If you print more money to chase less products, that's more money for fewer products, meaning the products fetch more money. Is this hard? Apparently it is for leftists. Here's a supercut. Nah, don't worry. Inflation, no big deal. Buttigieg at the end of this one. Check this out. We take inflation very seriously. Economists call all these things transitory effects. These one-time increases in prices are likely to, to have only transitory effects on inflation. There will be transitory impacts uh, in the, uh, as it relates to inflation. I believe it's transitory. A temporary a transitory impact. In the end, it, it will be transitory. These inflation uh, rises will be transitory, that they will come back down next year. Inflation is going to come down next year. Inflation will come down next year. Talk of inflation. The overwhelming consensus is going to pop up a little bit and then go back down. People fully expect this inflation to be uh, uh, temporary. There's nobody suggesting there's unchecked inflation on the way. No serious economists. The president's Build Back Better agenda as a whole will ease some of that inflationary pressure. The bipartisan infrastructure deal and Build Back Better agenda could likely ease inflationary pressures. It will ease longer term inflationary pressure pressures. We're going to ease inflationary pressure. I don't think that these investments will drive up inflation at all. Build Back Better will not increase inflation. The overall Build Back Better vision uh, is designed to reduce inflationary pressure. Gosh, this Buttigieg will say anything. I mean, really, they wind this guy up like Teddy Ruxpin. They put a quarter in his back. This guy will tell you any line of BS. Again, we need that BS with Buttigieg. This guy's incredible. So just to be clear, folks, if you live on Long Island, New York, where they've had bridges and overpasses that have been up for, you know, 100 years now, they're getting ready to print one point five trillion more dollars we don't have. That'll exacerbate a money crisis we have now because there's too much money chasing not enough products to come into your neighborhood and destroy the overpass you've been driving over. Many of you for 30 and 40 years. Get ready for that. We're it's a racist bridge. We're ripping it down. Good luck. You live on Long Island. Good luck. Now, you may say to yourself, as I've stated repeatedly, Buttigieg and others, Biden's generally not that bright, but Buttigieg is not a dumb guy. Either are a lot of the people in the Biden administration. They're devious. Many are just downright evil, what they're doing to people. But they're not dumb. So why do socialists that have uh, embedded themselves like ticks in the Biden administration, why do they love inflation? In other words, they know what's happening. I played that media cut. Not to show you, they're not afraid of this, folks. They're just trying to message to the media, hey, let the, you know, let the country down easy. They love inflation. How do I know that? Because why would they print $1.5 trillion more trillion we don't have to print more money to chase less products? But the question you should be asking right now, okay, why do they love inflation? And why are they trying to sucker the media into constantly changing the narrative? Inflation isn't here. Okay, it's here, but it's mild. Okay, it's here, but it's not mild. Convenient, but it's transitory. To now, don't worry, inflation's a really good thing. Why do they love inflation and why do they think it's a good thing? Well, no one explains inflation better than the late, great Milton Friedman. Here is Milton Friedman discussing, and I'm in two short clips here. Number one, how inflation is actually a tax. It is a real tax on you. How that tax works through inflation, because the government prints money it doesn't have to spend it, devaluing your money because then more money you're chasing fewer products. Check out part one of this. This is great. We don't want you to put any taxes on us. Oh, no. We don't want you to levy taxes. We want you to spend more. 
but we don't want you to tax more. There's no way you can do the one without the other. The real tax on the American people is what government spends. If government spends 400, if the federal government spends $450 billion and only raises $400 billion in taxes, who do you suppose who pays that other $50 billion? Do you suppose a tooth fairy does? <laughs> you pay it, and I pay it. And one of the ways we pay it is by the tax, which we call inflation. Inflation is, from this point of view, a form of taxation. If government spends more than it takes in, in the form of things that are called taxes, it has to meet the difference, either by printing money or by borrowing from the public at large. Please tell me you understand. It's very simple what Friedman just said. Inflation is a tax. Why? When the government spends money it doesn't have, like the $1.5 trillion we're about to spend to destroy racist overpasses on Long Island so your traffic can be tied up for the next 20 years due to Pino, the president name only, right? If the government spends money it doesn't have, as Friedman said, well, where does it get the money if it doesn't have it? I mean, it's giving money to someone. It's giving money to a construction firm on Long Island to go rip down a racist overpass, right? Where did it get it? Well, the answer is the federal government issues some kind of a, a debt instrument, a bond or whatever, and then the Federal Reserve just goes and prints the money and buys it. So we print it. We just fabricate it out of thin air. So how's that a tax on you if we're just printing it? So it didn't come out of my pocket. The government printed it. No, 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 it did. I assure you it did. When the government prints money, it doesn't have, as I've just now stated four or five times, that is more money in circulation chasing less products, which deflates the value of your money. Your money's worth less. How do you know it's worth less? Because what you used to buy at the grocery store, you can't buy anymore. That's the tax. The tax comes out without you even seeing it. John Maynard Keynes pointed this out often. There's two ways to tax an economy, directly or to print money and inflate it. Either way, I promise you, you lose. Either you write the check to the government or the check you have is worth less. There is no such thing as a free lunch. Here's part two where he explains how the debt, government loves inflation, one, because it can spend money it don't have, and it's a quiet tax you don't even see. You don't write the check. Your money's just worth less. And as some people don't even catch on. But now he explains how government loves debt as well, because when money's worth less, so is the money the government owes. You love inflation if you owe a lot of money. Inflation was great if you, you know, if you, if you owe debt and a mortgage on a home, it's fantastic. You love it. You want money to be worth less because now you have less to pay back. Check this out. Anybody who has bought a long-term government bond and then redeemed it has gotten back an amount of money which has less purchasing power, less power, less ability to buy goods and services than the sum he initially paid for the bond. And to add insult to injury, he's had to pay taxes on what they call interest. And as a result, the debt has gone down in meaningful terms. The debt's gone down. No, it hasn't. It's gone up. No, no, no. In nominal terms, the debt's going up. But as the government eventually devalues and devalues and devalues the currency you have, the money you have to inflation because your money doesn't buy as much, and the value of money goes down, so does the value of money denominated as debt. Think about it, folks. You took a mortgage in 1960 on your home for $30,000. You love inflation. You love inflation. Because that mortgage right now, you're like, $30,000, what's your house worth now, a million? That's because of inflation. Your house isn't worth any more than it was worth initially, $30,000. Just $30,000 buys a whole lot less right now. You love inflation. Debtors love inflation. And who's the biggest debtor on planet Earth? The federal government, because they get to pay people back less than what they borrowed from them in the first place. Dude. Biggest scam I've ever seen. You couldn't give this explanation too many times. I mean, I mean, really, that's good. That's really, really good. I because it's hard to we've understand. We've been talking about this since what? My we've been talking about this since my basement in yeah. Severna Park. Because they, and the reason I bring it up, folks, and I'm glad you you like. It. I know Gee likes it too. So does Paula. She loves the economic stuff. Is because I can't believe how many suckers out there on the left 
really believe that they're not being taxed and don't understand that inflation is them taking value out of your pocket without ever having you cut a check to the government. It's it, That's why liberals love it so much. And that's why they need the media to constantly rescue them. You, you, you doubted me in the beginning where I said, oh, inflation doesn't exist. Okay, it exists. Okay, it's transitory. Okay, now it's great. Here's MSNBC. James Surowiecki, who should just resign from whatever he's doing immediately. November 8, 2021. How COVID became the unlikely hero of our inflation crisis. The case for not painting the inflation we're seeing as some mysterious, disastrous affliction that's descended on the economy. <laughs> there it is. Now it's not just inflation is happening, but inflation's wonderful. And you know what the, his thesis is hilariously in this MSNBC piece? That yes, you all are flush with money now because the government printed a bunch of money to give you. Oh man, who knew? So we don't have to actually go produce anything, folks. We just have to get money from the government who's going to print it and just give it to us to go buy stuff that doesn't exist. Thanks, James. Good job, pal. What would we do without a genius like you? James Sirickey. Thanks, buddy. <sighs> Mister, oh, man. I, I can't. I can't do the stupid. You think energy inflation's bad now, by the way? Wait till they shut down another pipeline. Um, I'm going to just show you this and I'm going to get to my, uh, my next sponsor. Cause I got a few more things to discuss. Folks, inflation is a disaster. It is a tax. It is value taken out of your pocket as the money in your pocket doesn't go anywhere, but buys less. That's the scam. Gas and energy inflation right now is ridiculous. We'll be at $5 gas shortly. Now, Proving my point again, the Biden administration loves inflation. It devalues government debt and it, 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 in their words, weans you off gasoline. They don't care how much you're in pain. They want you riding a bike to work. The bike is great because you don't hit the racist overpass. If you ride it on the Northern State Parkway, well, you'll probably be killed because it's so thin you'll get run over. They don't care. They are going to shut down another pipeline, and they got caught in yet another lie yesterday by Peter Ducey. Another lie. Inflation doesn't exist. No one was left behind in Afghanistan. $450,000 to payments is a, to illegal immigrants is a garbage story. We're not looking at shutting down a pipeline from Canada to the United States to get gas and petrol products into our country. Really? You're not? So Peter Ducey asked that question to Corrine Jean-Pierre, the White House press, uh, uh, press secretary yesterday, filling in for Saki, who is uh, ill with COVID, despite being vaccinated. And Corrine Jean-Pierre's like, no, 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 that story's made up, except it's not made up, which is really weird because in one sentence she says it's made up, and in the next sentence she says, no, no, it's true. We are looking at shutting down another pipeline. You doubt me? Look, check this out. It is inaccurate what you just stated, What's but so but the, the reporting, the reporting about uh, us wanting to shut down the line five. I said, uh, is it is it being studied right now? Is the administration studying the impact of shutting down yeah. the line five? Yes, so, we are. We are. So that. Inaccurate? Well, I thought you were saying that we were going to shut it down, but that is that is not inaccurate. Okay, great, 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 great. But I'll, the Army Corps of Engineers is preparing an environmental impact to look through this. Uh, the, again, I, I don't want to get to this partisan box where Republicans don't lie and Democrats do. No, Republicans lie all the time. We obviously had 13 Republicans who voted for the porculus bill who claimed to be Republicans and then voted for the biggest Democrat porculus bill since Obama's porculus bill in his administration. They lied about being Republicans. People lie all the time. My problem with this administration is they just, they lie right in front of your face in the same sentence. Peter Ducey's like, so you guys are studying shutting down another pipeline in the middle of an energy crisis and an inflation crisis? No, no. Peter, that story is inaccurate. Her words, not mine. And then she goes on to describe exactly how the story's accurate. How, yes, that's exactly what they're doing. And nobody in the media outside of Ducey catches on. It's a great idea, folks. Let's print more money to rip down racist bridges. Let's force people to ride their bikes 60 miles to work. Let's produce less gasoline so more money's chasing less products. Let's stop production of oil on federal lands. Let's shut down Keystone. The beatings will continue until morale improves. All right, I got a couple more stories I want to get to. Let me get to my last sponsor. and um, One of these... 
I got an update on the cat lady and then a Ron DeSantis story showing you that acting like an actual Republican in a swing state is the path forward. Don't listen to the swamp consultant class out there. All right, moving on quick. Uh, you know, remember Yuri Bezmenov, the KGB defector? We play his yeah. clips often. He has this one clip talking about how the Soviet Union planned to get the United States to eat itself alive from the inside out using liberals and useful idiots. And he brings up the point that once the liberal is programmed to do dumb liberal stuff, it's very hard to convince them of the truth. He says in the clip, you can walk them to the concentration camps themselves, and after they see it, they still won't believe it. They're fully programmed. An example of that you see with this Russia hoax, now that it's completely fallen apart, and now we know conclusively that it was just a, a scheme concocted, concocted by Hillary Clinton, which Joe and I have been talking about for five years, but now we know that from the indictments. Seth Abramson, who is, I'm starting to question the man's sanity, seriously, is still going with this collusion hoax. He cannot stop. It's just, again, you walk him to the camps. He doesn't want to see it. Everybody, even mainstream media outlets like Eric Wemple and the Washington Post and the Times of London are now acknowledging that the media is going to have to do a mass apology to America for willingly promoting the PP hoax for four years. Not Seth Abramson. Again, you got to question the man's, the man's uh, mental acuity right now. Here he says, if we suppose that Steele's caution was sloppiness or even gross intelligence, it still doesn't make this a political plot. As he didn't know who his employer was, what he was writing for was private work product not intended for the FBI or media. Oh, my God. Hilarious. So basically the gist of Seth Abrams, one of the biggest PP tape hoaxers out there, a man whose credibility got flushed down the toilet a long time ago, but he's looking at the camps now and he doesn't believe it, even though the indictment says this is all nonsense. Here's Jeff Carlson at the market's work. He's trying to say Steele didn't know he was working for Hillary Clinton. Well, here's a steel quote from 2016. We explained that Glenn Simpson Fusion GPS was our commissioner, but the ultimate client were the leadership of the Clinton presidential campaign. And we understood the candidate herself was aware of the reporting, at least, if not us. <laughs> keep it up, Seth. Camps are right in front of you, buddy. Just keep it up. It's... We, got, gee, we need that clip again. We got to put that clip in for tomorrow. We'll, we'll, it, the pro, it, it's just so spot on. The programming. You can never break these people. Of It doesn't matter. Walk them right through into the camps. They won't believe it till the door closes behind them. Hey, here's a quick update on the cat lady. So the cat lady, apparently unaware of what we're building behind the scenes, continues to attack sponsors. Um, not sponsors so much. That advertisers that use networks or something and wind up on our website. So she's celebrating the fact that this company, UniHQ, O-O-N-I-H-Q, which apparently makes pizza ovens, she gets them, the cat lady, to block Bongino from their media buy. You see, she celebrates this right here. She says, on a side note, this is my dream product as an amateur pizza maker. So again, I need your support in this fight, folks. If you own uh, an uni oven, there's not much you can do now, but I, uh, I would, I'd ask your, your help in letting Uni, along with Equinox, the gym that is working with this George Soros stooge to censure free speech, Equinox is with them on that, the gym. We're not going to forget about them either. But would you let these two companies know and express your dissatisfaction? Please, I need your help in this fight um, because we just need a little more time before I'm ready to make a big announcement. So Uni, uh, Uni Pizza Ovens. Yeah, uh, that's their, some guy, Christian, who I guess runs it, saying, hey, thank you for reporting. And giving her the prayer hands. Um, of course, Nandini, the cat lady, is a George Soros stooge. Um, her whole operation, which appears right now to be a fraud, um, we've been, had an ongoing investigation going for a long time, is, is designed exclusively to censor conservative content. So here's what I mean. We've been we're looking at this for a while now. So Nandini, who is, again, at Nandoodles, this is an adult who has a Twitter handle, at Nandoodles, she said on a tweet a while ago, which is suspicious to her organization, she's a grifter, so she needs you to pay her because she doesn't have a real job. She said, send us a one-time tax-deductible love. With your help, we will get the thing done. And she clicks to her, uh, her website to donate to her, of course, because she's a grifter. And she says it's tax-deductible. It is. 
is interesting because when you go to this article at Bongino.com, Soros-backed crackpot activist Nandini Jemmy lies to her donors. As it turns out, um, they are not tax-deductible gifts. Her status is still pending. And if you see from her website in October, Nandini, who was, again, a Soros-backed activist, was clearly, at this point, appears lying to her donors by claiming she had a tax-exempt status on her website back in October um, and did not. So if you donated to her website or you're anyone else out there eager to help in this fight against these communist speech censors, um, you may want to report that. We would really appreciate the help. And remember, Equinox and Uni Pizza Ovens work with this Soros stooge to censor conservative content. Interesting, huh? Here's some good news. Uh, Ron DeSantis was asked yesterday during an interview with the terrific governor of Florida if he plans on running for the presidency coming up. Um, his answer was, uh, was a good one. Uh, here's Ron DeSantis. Check this out. You commit to serving four years. You're laughing. Somebody you. asks you this question every time. Uh, so I'm running for governor. I'm not running for any other office. God willing, you know, they'll, they'll have me here for, you know, five more years from, from today. It would be my hope. Why did you laugh at that? Because literally I get asked that everywhere I go. And it's just interesting because I have not done one thing like, have you ever seen me go to Iowa or any of these places? Like, literally, I've done nothing, and people kind of impose speculation on me. So it's just interesting thing to do, because it'd be one thing if I was out there yeah. trying to make moves. But I think what's happened is, um, you know, particularly Republican voters, you know, they want to see somebody that will get things done and lead and, and really be out. And I think that they look to me for whatever reason for that. He's right. And the reason I played that, uh, I, I'm not sure if he's going to run for president later or not. I can't tell the future. I obviously can't read his mind not Karnak from the Carson show, right? But he is right. He hasn't done much that would lead us to believe he's going to run for president. But that's not the point. The point is, he brings up that everybody asks him to run for president. And the reason they ask him is because he ran as a conservative Republican and actually governed as one. And people respect that. And conservatism works. I wish Nicole Maliotakis, Adam Kinzinger, Fred Upton, and these other 13 Republicans who voted for this crackpot infrastructure porculus bill would have done the same damn thing. That's why you lost the respect of the conservative movement a long time ago. And Malyatakis recently, which is really disgraceful. I backed her and gosh, these people screw us over all the time. I mentioned her name on my show. It's just a shame. Get your head out of your rumps and do the right thing. All right, folks, please follow me on Locals. Download the app, the Locals app, wherever you get your apps, or go to Locals.com and follow me. I'm at DBongino. There is the ongoing Dan Bongino reality show yesterday there. I if, Many of you asked about Lucy. There is about a three-minute video, me in my living room with Lucy. Lucy looking for some belly rubs. I got a great amount of feedback. So download the Locals app. You can follow me there. I'm at DBongino. It's super easy to use. It's You love the app, right? It's, it's an amazing, it's super easy to use. Locals, download the app today. Follow me, I'm at DBongino. If you want to subscribe, you're more than welcome to. Thanks a lot, folks. See you all tomorrow. You just heard Dan Bongino.